Brox Crypto Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Alonzo, with my co-host and co-founder of Fort Brox, Mr. Brandon Don Heath. Fort Brox, Brox, Brox. <laughs> I was trying to do the Jamaican thing. I was wondering if you were going to be... Brox, a... Brox. <laughs> I was wondering if you can sing... You know, Have you heard the way Post Malone can do that kind of throat thing when yeah. he's singing? <laughs> sound like a, that kind of had a Wookiee sound. Maybe? Yeah, that's that's my Chewbacca. What yeah, is yeah. he supposed to sound like? Who, Post Malone or Chewbacca? Yeah, Post Malone. I don't know. If you watch one of the Howard Stern's where he's singing, um, I forget which Nirvana song, um, something in the way maybe. I don't know, but it you'll hear it in his voice how he's able to do it. It's oh, I really? can't really describe it. Okay, it's actually yeah, it's, I'm, I'm hyped on it. How about yeah, that? I mean he's he's talented. <laughs> I don't know if you're being serious or being sarcastic. I am, yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. Yeah. I even liked him in Wrath of Man. What? What? I don't know. What is that? Guy Ritchie movie with uh, oh, I haven't seen Jason it. Statham. You haven't seen it? it like put out like eight years ago. I haven't. The last Guy Ritchie no, movie. No, two years ago, but yeah. There was Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And then there was Snatch. Snatch. And Degs, you know, I mean, there's so many. Ah, Degs, Degs. Oh, you mean dogs? Dogs. Yeah. I, I and yeah, yeah. I love Snatch. Snatch is amazing. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's so good. Yeah, Brad Pitt as a piker was so good. Pretty decent. Oh, oh that seemed it's a little salt there. You no, see? no, I love him. Oh, it shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really do. I think he's great. There's that movie, The Lost City, with uh. You're talking about the one with Sandra Bullock? Sandra Channing Bullock. Channing Tatum? Channing Tatum. Channing Tate, yum. <laughs> yum. That's Danny McBride quote from oh, really? This is the End. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, he's in that, and he does a cameo, and it's hilarious. Oh, that's right. Awesome. I did see it. That movie was horrible, but his cameo is dope. I thought that movie was awesome, dude. Really? Yeah. It's hilarious, action-packed, like heartwarming, you know what I mean? <laughs> now, see, Judd Apatow puts heart in dick and fart joke movies yeah but i don't know lost city had its moments i did see it yeah but i did like when brad pitt had his point yeah yeah i think he definitely stole the scene oh yeah and i knew he was going to come back to life oh sorry for that spoiler oh dude (laughs) don't worry i mean people are not going to waste their life watching that movie no it was a good movie (laughs) 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 anyways this is the best episode ever probably and you know why? Why? <laughs> because we're talking about the metaverse. Oh, yeah. Oh, you just love yeah. the metaverse. Yeah. For those who might not have listened to other podcasts of ours, Brandon has an interesting relationship with maybe the terminology used of metaverse. Yeah. You know? But we can get into that. But before we do... We will get into it. Disclosures. Yes, sir. We are not financial advisors, wealth managers, lawyers, or brokers, or CPAs. We are not providing investment advice. So please, nothing that we're saying should be construed as such. We're merely sharing our experiences and our point of view as it relates to anything that we're talking about. But please, it's not investment advice. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'll go with yet. I I can see us registering for something at some point in time. Yeah, that seems just like a lot of work. Especially when Lambo, you know. Why wouldn't we open up some sort of brokerage firm or somewhat? Yeah. You know, we performing debt. Yeah, let's do it. We just won't leverage it in a bad way, you know. Not taking a dig at any of the DeFi companies whatsoever. Oh, dude. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, basically, people ask me all the time when they should. We were even talking about it earlier. It's true. 
lot um, of our card partners ask us about it. Like, when's a good time to jump back in? Like, especially if you took out. I haven't taken anything out of uh, crypto. Like, I haven't. No, no, no. But have you been on any of the deep? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, thank you, the wink. <laughs> yeah. But um, are you on a DeFi platform? No. No, I'm Wouldn't just matter. a holder. It's not like you could take it out of Celsius anyway. That's true. I'm or just Voyager. A, I'm just a holder. <laughs> I, I hold on like, you know, three different wallets, a couple exchanges. Mm-hmm. But what I was getting at is like, I'm definitely willing to put more money in mm-hmm. to the market to buy coins outright instead of just mining them or, yeah. you know, yield farming or staking. Yeah. Um, And I'm going to do that. Right when that last company, that last big company files for bankruptcy, then I know it's it's time to jump back in. You know what I mean? <laughs> Once the shit has truly hit, hit the fan, the, fan. Yeah. the last piece of shit yeah. to hit the fan. I'm going to just be scraping the walls of all that shit that basically <laughs> exploded all over that room. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then you're going to jump back in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Further. You further. Know? Further. Yeah. I got you. I would say, you know, basically... I'm like waist deep in it right now and I'm willing to go but full head in. How is know? that relative? Because you're a taller guy. Like your waist deep oh, is probably right up to my you know Yeah. My chest. Yeah. Well I'm just saying ex- you're exposure guy. wise about half my assets are I just look taller because I sit tall in the saddle. I'm torso oh, yeah. tall. But I'm built on these little tree stumps. I'm a sloucher, you're right. Yeah. You are a sloucher. Yeah. But not because you're lazy. Oh, for sure. Not at all, man. If anything, you are a hard worker. Yeah, I just like chilling. You know what I mean? <laughs> Moving at a nice pace. Yeah. So let's dive into this because... The metaverse. I know we went on a tangent, Ugh. but metaverse. Let's talk. <laughs> I'm excited for it because, and in caveat to this, when yeah. we're talking about the metaverse, there's a lot of blue sky things we're talking about because yeah. most of it is just not there yet. Yeah. And I can't stress that enough that it's not built yet. Yeah. I mean, when Second we, Life laid a great foundation. Yeah. What were you going to we say? Were, I was going to just talk about Second Life and like some of these like um open world gaming platforms. Like Second Life was definitely like the first like hey, come build a Second Life. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess it's a pretty good name for it. Yeah. Like but it, you know, it's it it wasn't a fully immersive metaverse, but you can build stuff. You can, you know, I I don't know. From yeah, my take on it for this podcast is going to be the opportunities of things that will be coming up that yeah. we need to be mindful of. Um, a big one is digital assets and real estate. Yeah, but there's so many other elements that are going to be byproducts of it. Yeah, you ever driven around your neighborhood or any town really, and you're you always see that richer area and you wonder like. Who? What do they do for a living? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in California, Arizona, Washington, New York, Florida, Michigan. There's always Kansas. An, yeah, Kansas. There's always an area where you're like, what the fuck do all these people do for a living? Because you just see these nonstop, like big ass. You know, it costs a lot of money houses, and you're like, is there really that many ways to make that much money? Yeah, and you know, sure, there's generational wealth, but there's just a lot of jobs that just maybe aren't as sexy. Yeah. You know, and here's the thing when it comes to the metaverse, all that is going to be reset in the metaverse world. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Let it resonate. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you? Well, yeah. 
No, I, I, I get where your head's at with that. <laughs> All right. So we've broken up this episode into different segments where we're talking about the elements of metaverse and some blue sky thoughts mm -hmm. in regards to it and things to be mindful of. But to kind of lead it off, you know, what is the metaverse and yeah. how is it important now as opposed to before? Because Second Life has been around a long time before crypto came out. Yeah. I mean, a long time. Oh, for sure. But it's come to a new nexus level of interest, not just because of Facebook, but simply because, you know, and, and this kind of regurgitates a little bit about what we're talking about with Web3. Let's say Web 1.0 was read only. Yeah. And then 2.0 was read write. And then 3.0 is read write own. That own factor is the big component to a metaverse because now you can own things in this virtual reality. Yeah. The other side that isn't part of the read write own that I think should either be an asterisk and that explanation is identification. Identification is a at the heart of owning something because then you're proving who owns it or what group of people own something, right? Yeah. Digitally. There can also be physical assets. But a metaverse is a virtual world. Yeah. And there could be multiple worlds. There could be bridges between worlds. I mean, people talk about it with Ready Player One. I mean, you know, you can yeah. think about it in terms of Matrix. I mean, the problem is with a lot of the Hollywood glamorization of these things is that it, it seems like it's only meant for a certain type of interest of people. Yeah. Not just the general public. I'm of the opinion that things such as a metaverse, virtual reality, worlds, applies to anybody and everybody. Or it could. Yeah. I mean, you have to be interested in it in order to go there, you know? Well, sort of. Yeah. I mean... And there is somewhat a lot of, of a gatekeeper factor. What do you mean when you say that? Uh, it takes technology in order to get into it. Like, yes. you have to own a computer in order to access... Well, your you know, phone. Yeah. Your phone's computer. Yeah, you have to be able to own a, a smartphone. You can't do this on a flip phone, can you? No, it had to be, yeah. well, like, think of China. The, a lot of, I remember when we were talking about it with different, you know, people in tech, VCs and whatnot, they would talk about China as a mobile-only country. Yeah. Because a lot of people, that was their first computer. They yep. didn't have laptops or desktops. Same it with India, mobile. yeah. Well, we've also seen it in, because, again, we do work in real estate and particularly mobile homes and mobile home parks. Yeah. A lot of the people there, they don't own laptops or desktops. They own their smartphone, and they do everything on it. Yeah. It's emblematic of the way that people talk about the adoption of smartphones in China. Like they yep. do everything on. So having said that, if that's the world, how you're connecting to the world, yes, there is that technical element. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a gatekeeper element. You have to be able to connect to it. So, so in talking about it, we kind of described what is a metaverse. You yeah. Know, it's 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 as simple as just a virtual world. Yeah. If, if that makes sense, you know, hopefully it's enough for people to understand that it's just a reality in which it's all digitized. You're living in a video game, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, the first first couple that I can think of, like Sims. Sims. Yeah, that's a good way. Farmville. Yeah. You know, well, Sims specifically because you were able to freely move around. huh? Yeah. And you like picked your job. You, you know, made family, did whatever. Uh, and then. You had people like on like multiplayer online games like Diablo 2. That's true. Like grabbing really expensive uh, products or like really rare items and selling them on eBay. That's, yeah, you're right. I remember so people would sell off their, their profiles SLJs and plays. And, 
World yeah. of Warcraft had that. Where World people of would... Warcraft, yeah, but that, that same company, Blizzard, came after, and it was basically like, oh, okay. I mean, they even started a, like, um, what do you call it? a marketplace, so that people could trade like openly, instead of going to these things like, yeah, instead of turning to eBay and whatnot, or like, basically relying on somebody to do a drop of an item. Yeah. Yeah. To just make it a little bit more safe. And then World of Warcraft happened and they're like, oh, okay. No, yeah. that makes, you're yeah. right. I'm, as you're saying this, it almost is having that like flashback, foggy, full yeah. house moment where there's yeah. a montage of things. It's true. But that's, so this is how crypto also layers into this is that yeah, if you're in this, if you're participating in these digital worlds, why would you want to use fiat? What am I, right. a million envelope? Yeah. You know Am I going to, you know what I mean? It just, no, for let's sure. just transact right away and have it settle. And that's one of mm-hmm. the benefits of crypto is that it settles within yeah. seconds. It's, you're not having to wait on an ACH. You're not having to wait. Cause even, you know, things such as Venmo and PayPal, they don't necessarily solve all the legwork that crypto does in terms of settling the transaction. Yeah. But okay. So that's the earlier use of the metaverse. A lot of it comes from gaming because it is creatives in that space yeah and you can stereotype the type of people who are involved with that yeah but now it's not now it's always been envisioned that it would happen it's just that technology has come to a place and us seems as a society good bad or otherwise we're ready for it we're ready to start adopting it yeah i mean look at sms culture right yeah people talk and text in such a way now that would you consider it the king's english maybe not but it is the way people are communicating. Yeah. So whether sure. or not it's grammatically proper, that's the way people communicate. Yeah. You know, and there, I'm sure there's people who would argue against that. And I'm sure there's people who are irritated with it. A lady who I'm a huge fan of, Fran Lebowitz. Like, I love her. I think she's rad. The documentary series Martin Marty Scorsese did on her in Netflix is awesome. Are you, know, you... Pretend it's a city. Are you on first short name terms basis with uh martin scorsese i feel if we had five minutes with one another we would just be on a first name basis oh okay cool you know because we put out good vibes yeah yeah Yeah. wait so 80s version of them or 80 year old version of them oh dude both oh and what's cool cool about the metaverse is that i can meet the 80s version of (laughs) (laughs) but Uh, having said that i think you'd probably be too into cocaine at that moment to talk to you i'll do cocaine digitally maybe he'll talk to you a, a ton wouldn't touch it in IRL in real life, right? Yeah. But in the metaverse, I'll do a, ra- a rail with them. Yeah, why why not? not line it up? <laughs> you know, uh, I wonder if that would hurt my avatar in the metaverse. Oh yeah. So okay, before we go down this rabbit hole of metaverse, there's again, society has evolved over time. The yeah. way we use English, the way we communicate with one another, has constantly evolved. Yeah, And now with the advent and adoption of crypto, even though we're in a crypto winter or yeah, crypto winter bear market, the adoption has never been more prevalent. Like the previous crypto winter, the same amount of adoption and discussion wasn't happening. Yeah. But now it's, it hasn't lost any momentum, even though the market is down. Yeah. And so with all things metaverse, you know, big companies like Facebook putting so much resources behind it. I mean, it's one thing to put money into something, but they're putting that money in an actual way with resources. Yeah. If they're putting that much into it, people will follow, talent will follow. Yeah. And so it's getting, it's getting developed. Well, I mean, you said it yourself in 
breaking it down the web three version yeah read write own yeah they want to own that shit yeah i mean you know i mean that's why a lot of other companies i wouldn't say aren't getting into it um but that's why you you hear web three is like a buzzword because everybody wants to own a piece of it. Yeah. Well, Facebook wants to come in and own all of it. <laughs> yeah. Before anybody else can own it. I'm just kidding. They want they want their own version, but I'm sure yeah. Yeah. I just don't trust Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're on a first name basis. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> so but okay. So as we dive into that, that's what helps us go in through each one of these subjects. But the biggest thing about Metaverse Web3 is removing intermediaries. Yeah. It really does. It's creating a much linear connection, a much more direct connection between us yeah. and commerce, us and communication, us and responses. You know, yeah. the advent of a lot of technology, it's stripped away so many things we didn't know about companies. That's why companies now are coming out and talking about where their stance is politically. Mm -hmm. I don't know if every company should be like that, but no. take, for instance, and we're not trying to get super political here, no. but when, you know, the pro-life, pro-choice thing, there were companies that came out and said, hey, this is our stance on it, yeah. right? Well, a lot of this, I believe, is because of how much communication we have now, how much more exposure we have to the people behind companies, work yeah. with these companies, started them run them whatever the case may be yeah there has to be more transparency now i mean generations are demanding more of it yeah. because if there's one thing every generation seems to agree upon it's that they would like to remove as much hostility and need for war or any type of physical problem or uh, repercussions as yeah. a result of actions and choices made and none of us like inflation and all you know, a lot of the way the economic structure has been set up. Yeah. So we're in a position now and every generation always has in a way to make improvements upon what was done before them and the way they think that it should be done. Our generation, you know, the multiple generations that are current right now, they're thinking about ways that they can improve moving forward. Don't know if it's right. Don't know if it's wrong. You know, there will be, you know, hits and misses. Yeah. But right now this is one of the things I know you're not farting. That's just you opening up a can of caffeinated sparkling water. Yeah. <laughs> just for the sound effect of it all. Yeah. But in the metaverse, we've removed a lot of intermediaries, and that's what crypto's done too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting you saying that, and then you have like a, a big company like Facebook trying to jump in the game. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, they're... You know, somebody's going to own the, like, whatever world they build, somebody's going to own all of it. And then if they sell you little pieces of it, I mean, microtransactions, like, I saw somebody recently post, like, hey, welcome to the microtransactional generation, because uh, BMW um, just put out a subscription plan for heated seats. It okay. costs you 18 bucks a month to run your heated seats. Otherwise, they turn it off um, basically remotely. They won't let you use your heated seats unless you pay for the subscription. So what? it's basically, yeah. That's going to be in our show notes. 
Okay. Yeah. Let me. You haven't seen anything about that? No. But what I'm I'm saying is like by removing some intermediaries, we're also opening us ourselves up to like microtransactions, like transactions on on a scale of like okay. So we're moving intermediaries, but we're also like we're creating new ways of crea- commerce. Yeah, creating new intermediaries though. Somebody's want to wants to get their piece somewhere along the line. That's interesting. Like say I own this piece of land yeah. in order for you to cross that piece of land, you're going to have to pay a uh, a toll, you know what I mean? So it's just like Oh, I see. Like that's interesting. I'm getting that money. Yeah, I'm removing the intermediary, but I'm also removing the shared benefit of like a so highway the, or something. It's so, just a byproduct and a yeah. cause and effect. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that's like, what's the opposite of blue sky? Like gray cloud <laughs> thinking, but you, I, you see where I'm getting at with it though. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Okay. So the way we've outlined the show. We're going to go through gaming, social networks, real estate, software. As a service. Software as a service. um, Consumer packaged goods, financing, how it can work with creators, and then relationships. Yeah. Like in real life relationships. So to kick it off, the metaverse and gaming. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where it seems that it started anyway. Yeah. It's a natural progression that those involved in gaming environments are going to be the ones to adopt it faster yeah you have some inherently... of those coins that actually work in conjunction with with games where you actually play to earn yep yeah so you have gaming and you have things let's say such as fortnite and minecraft that both are i mean they're poised to really make a difference in the space super fast because they have such a dedicated user base mm-hmm. right yeah but in gaming the way the metaverse can work it's it already has so many other worlds already built it's just how do you make it so that you would want to spend more time in those? So in Fortnite, you know, you do those battles. But what if you could just hang out in the world longer? What if you could have your own piece of the world, you know, and you travel from there? You yeah. Know? And this is going to bleed into real estate a little bit. But yeah. they have a lot of opportunities to expand that world and then ultimately create bridges that move to other games and other worlds. If, you know, let's say Minecraft world wanted to talk with Fortnite world and... They went between those two. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that this sound can sound somewhat nerdy in tone. Yeah. Unless you're really into it. And in real life. You know what I mean? And in real life. And it can, <laughs> well, I'm a professed nerd, though. So, like, keep it going. Yeah, but you you're a beautiful nerd. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Mind, body, and soul. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways. But, yeah, in gaming, the metaverse... It, it, it's just a natural progression, in my opinion, because they've yeah. already laid so much of the foundation and they have an inherent user base that wants to yeah. embrace that type of technology. But there's going to be a lot of, you know, in real life uses of the metaverse as it relates to gaming, such as play to earn. Because yeah. if you're playing to earn enough that you're going to be able to spend what you earn in the real world, whether it be for food, mm-hmm. you know, rent of where you physically live. And maybe if your environment is all about the experience of what's in the metaverse. How big does your home need to be when you're not in it? Maybe you can live in a smaller place, which means your cost of living goes down. You know what I mean? So it'd behoove people to, you know, maybe exercise more, eat differently, because if their cost of living is lower and if they're playing to earn in the metaverse, 
do they really need a car to transport? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it changes the way that their life can be led in real life mm-hmm. tied to this metaverse environment where they can create their entire yeah. way of generating some sort of revenue stream to afford what they need in real life. Yeah. It's almost like well, I mean, they, they're plugging in. They have those games like Axie Infinity uh-huh. um, where they have like, they call them Axies. Mm-hmm. That they, that's what they do for a living is they play to earn this one game. And yeah. you get AVAX, I think, is the token. Okay. There's actually like a lot of people that will farm out this play to earn game. Like they like, I don't know if they lend them or their character or they're just like, hey, somebody in the Philippines play this character for me. And then I'll split the profits with you. So they're actually having somebody else play to earn and then yeah. getting the profits from that play to earn off them, which is, which is just incredible. I'm like, uh, what is happening? Well, was it you and I, and we were walking down Vine Street in yeah. Hollywood and there was that lady with the clipboard of the five different phones that she was playing Pokemon Go and she was doing it so yeah, she could yeah. sell the profiles. Yes. I was just like, oh my gosh, that's awesome because she loved doing it Mm -hmm. but now she gets to sell these profiles that are built up yeah i mean that can just expand that much more yeah you know again if for any of those who have read or watched ready player one yeah you can almost kind of hack your way into more profiles by purchasing already built profiles but that could become part of an ecosystem of people building up those profiles to be sold yeah I mean, that's just one iteration of it but yeah gaming ties to so many things so again it trans the transfer of money yeah, for any goods or services. Plus now you can create items and this is going to be in topics that we're talking about, such as things that you're wearing, things that you own. Every digital thing that you interact with in a virtual environment within gaming can now be owned yeah, and be sold. So if it's sold, you know what I mean? So let's, let's jump into the subject of the metaverse and social networks. Yeah. Because it's inherently social yeah it's it's interesting yes you're more alone let's say sitting let's say you're using oculus or whatever device you are to engage with the metaverse whether it's phone or whatever computer however you're engaging with the metaverse it's inherently social but extremely lonely too yeah depending upon how you interact but you have to communicate with others to some extent and work with them you know if you're doing like a yeah like doing like a, dun- a what? dungeon run or something i don't know no okay yeah so it's true there are games where you or can in, work in was that fortnite game? Minecraft? yeah fortnite do you play with other people you can oh, okay you can't so these like are all Call options. of duty you know like i feel like there's teams and stuff well even in fortnite during the last iteration of it they rem- they gave you the option mm-hmm. of playing in a battle without building or with building because oh. there's a lot of people who aren't as good builders there are people who could win these battles who they were so good at building but then there were people who weren't as good at building but they were good at you know making their way across the lands and kind of navigating being strategic so they removed the ability to build and so yeah you can get into metaverse world what <sighs> Oh, I just uh, went. Yeah, yeah. So unless you understand Fortnite, yeah, yeah, that all just sounded like gibberish. So getting back to it, as far as social networks, 
how do you, we use our phones for instance we do text yeah. Yeah. but in a lot of ways in the metaverse you're going to be able to communicate in so many new ways mm-hmm. you know you're going to have in video chat you're going to be able to voice command a lot of your sms which i use dictation a lot on my phone for yeah. a lot of my text messages but social networks will be interesting to me because or interesting in general in the metaverse because what if you want to follow a person, but you don't necessarily want to subscribe to the platform that they are on? Because how is Instagram going to work within a metaverse? Yeah. Like, you really going to go to an Instagram world or page to see this person? Or are you just going to mm-hmm. click within their bio of the person that you might be looking at or wanting to catfish? Yeah. You know, it's going to be more, in my opinion, that it's going to be a blanketed social network. And even uh, the CEO of Instagram... Adam, I believe his last name is Moseri, talked about it on one of his TED Talks, is that imagine if all social networks operated with a token for every user, and it didn't matter if Instagram went down or Twitter went down, the users who own a token of whoever it is they're following, every one of their followers, they have that communication still, so they can always receive whatever updates. I think it's an awesome way to evolve social networks, is that the relationship between the two parties, those you follow or, you know, people following you Mm -hmm. that regardless of the network you're on, if it goes down, you can still retain that relationship Yeah, with whatever format you're providing those updates in. So in the metaverse, there's going to be a lot of new ways to create social interaction. Yeah. You know, is it, are you going to meet at places almost like a, a, excuse me, at a bar, you're going to meet and go surfing or scuba diving, you know, all those activities in a social environment of the metaverse can be done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's interesting because is it real? Is it not real? Are you making real human connection? Are you not? Yeah. When you think about Tinder, you know, you think about eHarmony, you think about all these ways people are using technology to meet one another and eventually in real life. But a lot of them have these conversations in a digital interface already in web 2.0. So what does it make it different than a metaverse or 3.0? It takes it to that next level. Yeah. In the sense of, let's say you're wearing one of those full body suits, you know, maybe you're having sex, you know, it's yeah. all virtual. And I, what is that movie? Demolition Man kind of had a scene like that with uh, yeah. Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock. Yeah, right. Yeah. Where yeah. they sat across from each other with what looked like Oculus and some other yeah. items that would make, you know, they could feel portions of it. So again, a lot of this used to be futuristic in movies. Now it can be done in real. Yeah. Period. I mean, there's already podcasts and audio porn. Yep. And it's crushing it right now. Yeah. I mean, I've heard some some of the different uh, interviews on other podcasts with some founders in this space. Yeah. I believe Evan Spinkles. I don't think I'm involved. What? I don't think I'd I'd really get turned on by uh, audio porn. Okay. Just because, I mean, you know. What do you mean, Brandon? I'd say hang out with you for hours on end and you get talking into microphones. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> hey man, uh, I'm that, glad I could yeah. do that for you. Yeah, appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. You well, here's the thing. Voice. That's the, that's <laughs> that's the thing about the metaverse, though, is yeah. that there's gonna be something for whatever. Yeah. A person is into. That's true. Anything like everything about our imagination. Yeah. Somebody does have to build it. Yeah. And keep it running. And keep it running. Yeah. So it's going to be... I mean, yeah. So, like, my my whole thing with it is, is, like, I understand these and I, like, 
like I understand that in in that sense like I can wrap my head around it mm-hmm. but like after all the lands are sold off after it's like built up to a certain point like does the server the game developer they, they're still getting a kickback right like what's their incentive to just keep this thing running or you know what I mean I don't I don't know well okay so it's it's interesting right um regardless of where you stand on religion we're yeah. just going to use the reference of god like okay yeah. we're not trying to offend anybody in any type of way you think that's why zuckerberg's trying to do this what's up i'm sure there's a little <laughs> bit of vanity and everything yeah, yeah, i mean yeah. we're on a we're on a podcast i mean there's a little yeah. bit of vanity behind what we do i'm sure yeah but anyways having said that you developers of these worlds will have a god like yeah responsibility or capability of changing these worlds Mm-hmm. And the ecosystem around it is like anything else. Once other people start relying on it mm-hmm. and making their livelihoods on it, it's going to change the way people interact with it and regulation for it. Because there's going to have to be regulation for it, right? So let's jump into our next subject yeah. within the metaverse because it's going to tie great with it. And that's real estate. Yeah. So what what you're talking about, if there's developers of a metaverse... Yeah. Is the metaverse going to be centralized or decentralized, right? Yeah. Decentralized would mean that there's no one governing person that could just turn it off. If anything, there's some form of democracy or governing DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization that votes on it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there will be some hierarchical metaverses that are just completely owned and dictated by, you know, the creators. And you can maybe you can jump between worlds. But regardless, digital real estate is going to be something that is going to generate revenue it already is when you see the other side with the board eight yacht club people have bought land right yeah but to your point what is the incentive for them to keep it going well just like anything else um at&t rapes us all the cell phone carriers verizon Mm -hmm. you know t-mobile there's going to be some sort of there there will be some sort of functionary subscription yeah somewhere that has to keep everything going because to your point computers are powering this to happen it's not like it's happening out of thin air unless you're talking about again and this goes back to some the technology behind crypto let's talk about flux yeah flux could be that decentralized server to it arweave filecoin like there's a lot of decentralized and there will be more centralized ways of serving up um how it's all being hosted right it won't be Mm -hmm. just all amazon web services unless amazon web services start getting into (laughs) Decentralized, centralized. So everything's being hosted through computers. Yeah. There, there is a technical hardware component to all this. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. And in all these metaverses that are being created, there is real people coding and staying up on that code. And depending upon the metaverse world, where's the governing body? But in terms of real estate, this is where it gets really interesting and lucrative, potentially. Yeah. Is that, and there, there was well, you, a really good episode of Bigger Pockets, which is a real estate podcast that I think it was show 616 or 618. And they were talking with a gentleman that was, had already been on. And he's investing heavily in this space. But there's a lot of other people. I mean, Bored Ape Jakob, again, with the other, other side, land sales. Yeah, I don't even know that. But that's where NFTs will take on a new face in digital and real life. Because, well, I mean, they, that's, that's, that's where we basically left off before the crash with NFTs. Is? Uh, land sales. Yeah. Like, uh, 
there's a a lot of them like there's mars colony Mm -hmm. powered by harmony one okay which you know basically made it kind of kind of skyrocket went from you know 10 cents or 11 cents at the time to 35 cents a, a token but you used harmony one to buy these uh plots of land on mars and it was this kind of interactive play to earn game where it was basically just mars and then you could zoom in buy a plot of land for every every plot that you owned you you got like one colony coin per day yeah and then it took so many colony coins in order to um build out your plot of land and then if you'd get more the more built out it was so it was an interesting idea. Uh, I don't know where it's at in its current form, but you had a lot of these that that kind of came up and shot up and started and were very promising, but then, you know, the... Crash of it all. Yeah, the crash basically, I think, has halted a lot of these projects currently. No, I mean, no, there's a lot of people dumping money still, into this. Still oh, gone, gosh. yeah. Heavy. Okay. It's just not... People are building. So when we yeah, talked yeah. about it at the onset of the show, yeah. a lot of this hasn't been built yet, but it is underway. Yeah. So when it comes to real estate, you don't need title. There's no reason for title because everything's tokenized. Yeah. But it can also work in real life as well as it can in the metaverse. The thing of it is it's going to be easier to build and to show, show how it... Of, yeah. It's almost like proof of concept. Yeah. So a lot of things are going to be done in the metaverse that become proof of concept to work in real life. Yeah. You escrow, you're still going to need a functionary way for escrow to happen because there's that intermediate time between selling an asset, mm-hmm. let's say it was a piece of land in the metaverse, and the buyer then taking ownership of it. But because it's tokenized, yeah, it makes the transaction fast. Because the, you'll use digital currency, it makes the settlement of funds fast. Yeah, The speed in which all this is, is proof of concept of how it can work in real life. And it's going to be interesting when people start tying real life assets to metaverse assets and vice versa. Yeah. Because whether or not you're a believer that this is real, it's happening with or without you. Yeah. And you may live long enough to see it come to a certain level of adoption and fruition. You may not. Yeah. But it's happening with or without any buy-in of of your opinion, of anybody's opinion. Because there's enough people vesting time and money, yeah. big money in this space right now. So even if it's going to crash and burn, people are going to build it. But I don't believe it's going to crash and burn because yeah. there's so many more humans on this earth than there were you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. That trends now, I believe, you can, you can obviously be top of trend right now, yeah. but things don't have to die like they used to. Like if you're into fashion, let's say, and you're talking about even street fashion, you have fresh or hesh. Everything had its moment where you were in baggy pants or tight pants. Now there's so many more people with so many more interests. Fresh and hesh can live and be on point and sell plenty of product at the same time now. Whereas maybe before it couldn't. Yeah. There will always be things that are trending higher like mom pants. You know, a lot of things came back. Oh, mom jeans. Mom jeans, yeah. mom pants, mom short, whatever. Just high-waisted. High-waisted. Yeah. Um, but it never died. But now since there's so many more humans and it's, you know, on trend right now, but it probably will never die again ever. Yeah. Because there'll always be a subgroup of people. But that subgroup now is no longer just a, you know, small, minuscule number. It's it's a large group of people. 
You yeah. know, I choose to wear all black for a lot of reasons. Yeah. I'll never, pro- I'll probably never not wear all black. So you're a big fan of the New Zealand rugby team? I didn't know they wore all black, but I am well, now. they're called the All Blacks. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, how about this? I'm already inclined to be a fan. Yeah, all right, cool. But, it's the New Zealand national team, yeah. But getting back to how this works within real estate and assets, again, there's so many things that are happening right now with those assets that are just going to change the way we operate in real life because, again, it'll be proof of concept. Yeah. Because things are being built. You're you're thinking, why would I want to own a home in the metaverse? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, why would you? Why do people? I mean, Can you're going to want it out. So here's the thing where there'll be a reason for Airbnbs. Yeah. Is it because if you're just traveling to enter somebody's space, what is it going to be uniquely different about that space? that's going to create a value proposition that people will be like, I want to stay there. Yeah. Because I'll give you a crazy example, but I could see it wanting to happen. You own a piece of land in the other side, but you yourself are not a board ape yacht club member because you don't own a board yacht. Uh, You don't own an ape, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But you would love to see what the, those people, you know, how they interact. So you'd love to go travel to one of those lands. Well, if they opened up an Airbnb type solution to where you could travel to that land, spend time as quote a board eight yacht owner or board eight owner, and spend time in the other side for a week or however long, you know, however it ends up working, it changes the way we look at time mm-hmm. and the way we look at value for that. You know what I mean? And couldn't you just have infinite visitors because they don't necessarily have to work with one another or be in the same, you know, screen space because you can turn on or off the ability for guests to be in one living room, let's say at the same time. Yeah. It creates all these new ways of thinking things and people who are listening who are like, why the hell would I ever want to do that? Maybe you don't. Yeah. But I believe there's people who would, um, because people are already buying these lands and they're doing these things. But, Maybe, again, and this is how I think about unboxing. You know when you receive a package mm-hmm. and you open it up? It's an experience from the moment you receive that package. That's yeah. why there's so many videos of people unwrapping shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And a lot the of young unboxers, people love it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it crushes it. So maybe this is just an extension of that. Mm-hmm. You are now going to somebody's place in the other side, and within their own land piece, they have things you can interact with that are uniquely developed by them. So you own a piece of land, right? Let's say it's the size of Southern California in the other side, because again, mm-hmm. metaverse is quite large. Yeah. Maybe they have their version of Disneyland and it becomes an interactive game you wanna play that they developed on their land. So now that they have developers developing on their land, these micro games, maybe you have to go to their land to buy their used Lamborghini in real life or a metaverse Lamborghini. Their land becomes the way that you have to enter to interact with any type of commerce they have or any type of value add such as a a video game. Or maybe that land becomes Twitter land. And in order to use Twitter, you have to travel to Twitter land. Mm. I mean, you could really get in the weeds here with this. I mean, it's almost like you need to drop acid to, to really go down that rabbit hole. Maybe some shrooms. Yeah. I haven't done either, but I've watched a lot of movies and I have yeah. a lot of friends who do, you know, like Nepal, uh, what's that? A Neapolitan ice cream of drugs. Yeah. But you see where I'm going with this? It's, yeah. It's kind of a tangent, sort of, but. Yeah. It makes me just want to go camping. 
<laughs> you just you ditch all technology. Yeah. <laughs> just go so far that I can't even. Yeah. So. Oh man. But here's the thing: there's gonna be real value in these pieces. Yeah. I. It's just. It. Yeah. I don't know. You're hesitant. Why? You yeah, seem it hesitant. Just seem, it just seems exhausting. Like I. I don't know. I'm exhausted by it. But because we're at, we're pioneers. Yeah. In a sense, this is a weird way to equate it. I think. We don't physically have to take a wagon from the East Coast to the West Coast. Yeah. But mentally, we have to break from where we're at and what we're comfortable with to learn so many new things at such a rapid rate. It's the mental exhaustion equivalent of traveling from the East to the West. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Because, for instance, you know, in one of the other businesses of the manufactured homes, I was talking with some of the park managers yesterday because we have you know some other homes that just needed to line the teams up on and the park managers this one park managers a husband and wife awesome people um we were just talking afterwards and they were asking me about you know my stuff in crypto and i started talking and they're like i just don't want to learn it yeah it's not a question of can they of course they can they're smart people you know they're great people but yeah the lady was just like, I just don't want to learn it. I don't want to spend the time to learn it. Yeah. And that's where it comes down to because it, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it also, you have to change your mentality. Mm-hmm. But we're also in this crazy limbo because she even she asked a great question. A lot of people who are being introduced to crypto, mind you, these are people who are, I think, in their early 70s. Um, why would you want to buy anything with Bitcoin? Because it's worth, you know, what it is today, but mm-hmm. it's worth so much if it does go up. Yeah. Or maybe it goes down and it's worth less, but you still spent it. Why would you want to buy with it? And I was yeah. explaining, I go, I don't see Bitcoin as being a currency. No. I see it as a store of value. Yeah. And I started explaining it and I stopped myself and said, do you even want me to explain it? And, you know, she was honest. She's like, you know, I just don't want to learn it. Yeah. She goes, maybe I will. I don't know. I, you know, and she, it was, it was a great piece of dialogue, but it goes back to everything you're talking about. And even as we're going through the metaverse side of things, a lot of it, you know, it, it comes down to adoption, but it's again, happening with or without yeah. any single person buying into it because there is a concentrated enough group of people doing it and where money flows yeah, and things are purchased, commerce will follow, adoption will follow. Yeah. People have purchased other side land yeah well i i understand they they see that as a possibility you know it's not built yet yeah like when it comes to like massive adoption and removing intermediaries like you have to almost just like build the world and then give it give it away i would think because like if you're looking for mass adoption, if you're looking for people to come in and and actually want to explore, because otherwise, if you that money is an intermediary right there, or it's a barrier to entry, barrier yeah. to entry, it's a gateway, you know that like a lot of people are just don't want to cross, like your your um, park owner couple, their barrier to entry was just learning they're yeah. like just don't want to spend the time learning yeah yeah i'm interested but i'm not that interested so it's like you know what i mean i i don't 
I don't know what I mean. <laughs> no, I, I believe I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And so there is, there's a difference between mass adoption and yeah. those who are going to be kind of the early settlers, if you will. Yeah. But again, early settlers by nature are explorers. That's true. They want to take on the challenge. And that's, I believe, where we're heading. We're not even there yet. Yeah. We're so early on that even the explorers, there's not enough for them to explore yet. Yep. And unfortunately, right now, a lot of it is coming down to people who have the means or desire to roll the dice and purchase, you know, something like other side lands. But yeah, I'm also of the belief that there will be ways that mass adoption can happen because the barrier center will be reduced. Yeah. Um, it kind of happens in every vertical. I mean, it's the reason, or I believe it's the genesis of how the freemium models happen with software as a service. And let's jump into the metaverse and software as a service yes, as please. a subject line. Yeah. So when you're thinking of things like Salesforce, you, you familiar with Salesforce? Yeah. Let's just say the CRM system of Salesforce. Salesforce is a huge suite of software to run your business. You can do ERP, enterprise resource planning. But let's just say you're a company that has customers and you want to manage those leads. Yeah. In the metaverse, something like Salesforce now has a way to communicate with those leads in a much more interactive way. But you're going to need, if you think about everything in real life, like we had railroad tracks to get from point A to point B. You know, we have phone lines put down. Now we have, you know, cell phones. And cell phones, just think of invisible phone lines is what's happening because people are renting, leasing, buying airspace. Yeah. And that's why Verizon and Sprint and, you know, T-Mobile, all these companies have different, uh, you know, signal receptions in use because there's a difference between reception and bandwidth, mm -hmm. right? I wish our phones could show bandwidth because all we see is how strong a signal is. Just because the signal's strong doesn't mean you're going to get good reception. Yeah. But anyways, having said all that, and without going down the weeds of that, railroad tracks going to have to be laid down in the metaverse somehow. Who's going to lay them down, right? To your yeah. point, it's going to take work. So in the case and of... And a lot of money. And a lot of money. But there's already people who've built a lot of infrastructure that can move it over. So when you're talking about how am I going to manage all the different relationships I have, mm -hmm. Salesforce is inherently poised to create a relationship management system within metaverses. Yeah. They already are. If if you're old enough to remember FileMaker Pro, do you remember FileMaker Pro? It was the way people managed customer uh, CRM systems, customer relationship management, right? yeah. client relationship. FileMaker, we did some FileMaker stuff back in the day. I wish we would have done more. Um, but... Because there's been a few companies that made a ton of money in the space yeah. back in the 2000s of it all. Um, we'll put some in our show notes. There was a good podcast, I think, in How I Built This with uh, somebody who did something in that space. I'll have to check it out. It's the people who uh, created Strava. But mm -hmm. anyways, in this particular way, software as a service within the metaverse, can it's not a pivot, but they're going to see a, a new jump in the way that they can offer services and they inherently already have uh, an advantage in the space. So yeah. when you think about Slack, Slack's a messaging system. It was originally built for the internal communication that was going on with Stuart Butterfield's startup within gaming. Yeah. But it ended up becoming the company that made the money, you know, because it did better than the gaming that it did. What's ironic about that and the metaverse is that it might come full circle and become the messaging system within the gaming world of metaverses. Uh -huh. 
Which is funny because if Fortnite was to build their own metaverse, their own blockchain, distribute it, Minecraft. Minecraft already has a big messaging infrastructure, but Slack could come in, which is ironically also owned by Salesforce, and be a solution there in that space. You know, so a lot of things that were already built can then be utilized within the metaverse. Mm -hmm. But is it decentralized or centralized? And will decentralized lands have access to centralized services and vice versa? Or will everything be these? You know what I mean? So there's like all these crazy added value propositions with software as a service, how it plays within different metaverses. Because is it a way that it can be layered on top of one another? So say you're on top in a metaverse. Yeah. But you have plugins that allow you to layer on top of your metaverse whatever extra services you want to use. So even if in the other side, the Slack engine is not necessarily already there, maybe you can layer on top of it. So when you think about the old way of Disney doing animation where they had the background foreground and then each individual characters and they take photos yeah that's how services can live on the metaverse yeah software as a service which would get really interesting in my opinion i feel like i'm burning you out <laughs> no no I'm... yeah it is a lot of blue sky right yeah it's a lot to get behind yep but the whole point of this particular podcast, in my opinion, is to explore these thoughts and questions. We don't need to digress and stay on any one topic too long because we only have a few more topics left. Yeah. But it's just to get that thought started, in my opinion, because yeah. there is so much opportunity with this. Yeah. Adoption is going to be a huge proponent of people wanting to put more money behind it. But there's a lot of, in a sense, path of least resistance that's going to get you there. I know some people see the path of least resistance as to a proposition of losing. But depending upon the context in which it is, a lot of this is just not as much of a lift simply because they have the resources already built. So jumping into consumer packaged goods, um, you know, there's a number of people I know that are already in the space, um, like the Wilderverse, I think is what it's called. Something like that. Wilder World. Um, This one pro skater, Chad Knight. Mm -hmm. I met him a handful of times when I was, you know, hanging with certain friends, different teams that he was skating for. But he... Worked with Nike. I think he worked with DC Shoes. Did a lot of 3D design. But now he's working with the the Wilder World, I believe it is. And they're creating, you know, digital goods. He's just one, you know, example. There's so many people creating digital goods. I believe Diamond is. The Hundreds. They have, you know, got that whole God Hates NFTs promotion that they did. But a lot of companies, special apparel companies, are pushing. Nike is too with their, I forget. We'll put it in our show notes. But Nike's pushing digital goods. Yeah. There's real value there. It's cheaper to make. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, a little, a little, you know. It's interesting. It a is a kid in a sweatshop is not sitting there. Oh, damn. What? You went there? I mean, read Shoe Dog, okay? Yeah. They, they were definitely. I, I. So if you read Shoe Dog, which is yeah. the book by Phil Knight, they were definitely the poster child for some of that sweatshop shit. But. Other companies in the footwear oh. space were also doing it too. They oh, just yeah, got for sure. They were definitely the first one through the wall, or the the one that was made of the example out of. But it yeah. wasn't like no other company was doing it either. No, for sure. But I mean, yeah, the people making your your iPhones at Foxhound definitely aren't having a good time right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. Okay. Well, okay. But yeah, I'm I'm saying 
like that's a that's a good thing. Well, people are going to be coding still cheap. Yeah, consumer packaged goods, sweatshop coding. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the, that's the thing right now for sure as well. I mean, the, a lot of digital ad, anyways. Yeah, but again, consumer packaged goods. You know, for instance, let's say pedigree dog food. Yeah, are you gonna want pedigree dog food in the mul- You know, the metaverse. No, maybe. I'm not going to own a pet in the metaverse. Because <laughs> you don't want to no. take care of more shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, I got enough baggage. I got what all these cats. Dog? Yeah, I got yeah. all these cats in the real world. Yeah. Now you want me to take care of dogs and cats in the metaverse. Yeah. Okay. But you see, my point is that there's actually going to be a place for every one of these consumer packaged goods. How will it live? Yeah. There's a lot of different iterations that it could live. But I'm also of the opinion that as a consumer packaged good, you can't just be that wearable anymore there has to be more value there mm-hmm. i mean yes there will be status symbols right yeah especially if you're living in a virtual world there's yeah. substantial i mean that's why so NFT you're living in art real galleries. life yeah. yeah there's i mean it's the reason why people buy gucci certain, yeah all these things balenciaga yeah. i mean if not everything is has the patagonia type mentality where it's like you buy the jacket once and you wear it the rest of your life type stuff yeah um and i do like fashion mm-hmm. but you know the cost i mean should you be not paying your you know water bill so you can buy certain fashion i mean we're not here to judge yeah but in but it's gonna create a whole new area where people could either get in debt but again these are humans making their own choices yeah the other thing with the metaverse as far as it relates to consumer packaged goods is is there gonna be an age minimum you know what i mean yeah Uh, so there's no governing body. And this kind of goes throughout everything in the metaverse, right? For sure. Is yeah. that where's the governing bodies? Because while, yes, we want decentralization for some things, centralization can be done for quality control. Regulation needs to happen. And we're seeing it even in crypto with things such as stable coins because it will help even the market out. Yeah. Um, and, and DeFi. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we've seen a lot of collateral damage from that. But even in the case of, and I think we brought up in one of our other podcasts, Apple and Epic Games. Epic Games is suing Apple because of the whole monopoly. They yeah. don't want to pay their 30%. I'm of the belief that, you know, they created it. You know, they're entitled to it. The only thing that's different about it, and maybe it didn't come across well in the last podcast, is that at a certain point in time, you become so big that if you're servicing such a huge amount of people, and especially if you're a publicly traded company, mm-hmm. regulation does have to intervene to some extent. Yeah. Because if you're that much of a monopoly, you know, uh, you know, there's got to be a little bit of, you know, something to be said there. So the yeah. same thing could happen with consumer packaged goods, because in the real world, let's say you can do a recall of food or items, but bad code can needs to be recalled, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if a network's being hacked or if certain things were built in a way that didn't translate and, you know, with an upgrade of a certain system update. Yeah. There's like all these, you know, that it has the same problems as real life, just a little different. But the very same things that happened when, you know, let's say from 1920 to 2020. Yeah. All that same evolution and innovation is going to happen in the metaverse just faster just in different ways because you're still going to have to lay railroad tracks. You're still going to have to create all this infrastructure that people are going to expect. And just like text message culture 
and meme culture, there's going to be a whole new culture that pops out from this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's just interesting where it's all headed. And yeah. then let's jump into the subject of financing. In the metaverse, financial services are going to be hugely substantial. Mm-hmm. I'm the of the opinion, similar to what we talk about with, if you own something, why can't you finance it? Why does the banks need to get involved? Yeah. Especially when you're talking about digital currencies. I have a very deep dive into that subject, but not for this particular podcast. For sure. But in the situation of financing, there's going to be a whole new infrastructure, right? Because do you need credit cards the same way? You yeah. Know. I mean, I, just I thoughts know. about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where a lot of these people got into trouble with uh, this DeFi. Decentralized finance is just being leveraged to the hilt. Yeah. But I guess that's in real life leveraging. But they're using assets to leverage other people's assets and doing these lending <coughs> schemes that really i think took themselves down i don't know well because you know nobody like, plans so, for the bad day yeah i mean you've got regular people trying to play a game and then they're like financing like their own property or like leveraging it i i i don't know so let's say you own land yeah other side land okay and uh, get that out man get that out yeah sorry no no you're human man baby real quick yeah this ain't a metaverse you wouldn't cough in the metaverse are you Mm -hmm. gonna program yourself to get sick Mm -hmm. i wonder if viruses will now just become covid iterations you know what i mean yeah (laughs) but anyways so i mean there's gonna be a virus somewhere oh there's gonna be all kinds right so when it comes to financing some people say Let's say you're renting out a space yeah, and real estate of your other side and you have to evict them because they haven't paid. Yeah. You know, some people say it's just super simple. It's just a switch of a button. It is until it isn't. Yeah. Because once regulation gets involved, there will be eviction laws even in the metaverse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if they have a st- certain amount of store of value, there will have to be regulation as to how much time they have to access that store of value. Yeah. Um, in the case of financing, it's like, what's the repercussions? And when does the repercussions go from the metaverse to in real life and vice versa? Yeah. Because let's say you are in debt in real life, but you're able to make a living in the metaverse. Okay. Can the IRS go after your metaverse assets if they have a store of value and vice versa? Because maybe you're in debt in the metaverse, but in real life you're doing all right because, you know, you always felt like those worlds are worlds are separate. Yeah. At what point are they not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So when do they bleed over? And then on top of that, maybe to do a credit check and things like that, it can be like faster. Like if you just want to be a real scumbag in the metaverse, <laughs> you're just like Ned Flanders in real life, and then you like go into the metaverse, and you're just like, I'm going to... You could. Become Bernie Madoff, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean... So Ooh. that's that's the thought Should process. We start too. A, uh, Please no. A, a oh my god. Ponzi scheme? <laughs> Jeez, even the thought of that stuff gives me like yeah. sick stomach just because, you know, the collateral damage of stuff like that, it's not cool. Yeah. But in the world of crypto, the idea is that those types of schemes get harder. Yeah. Because they can be traced so much. But there's still gonna be fraud. There's mm-hmm. gonna be schemes. And yeah. you know what I mean? So having said that, but when it comes to financing, there's such a huge opportunity as individuals to play more role and remove intermediaries such as banks, you know, your credit unions, because if you are acting 
in the metaverse world and everything's much more transparent as far as how you, let's say, pay your bills, mm -hmm. you don't need Equifax or TransUnion to, you know, disseminate that data to see if that person's, you know, valid. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, a little hack that we look at in terms of, and it's not just us, it's a lot of people who rent, who run rentals. Mm -hmm. If people are constantly late on their cell phone bills, it's actually a bad sign that they will be on time with their rent because cell phones are such a predominant use in our society right now. You know, if people have certain bad debt in medical space, but they're always on time with their cell phone bills, that's a new way to, you know, grade how somebody would be at paying their rent. Um, again, this isn't my thoughts. These, this is what people are actually utilizing right now, good, bad, or otherwise. Yep. But in terms of financing, it's going to create a whole new way that people can have access to funds, leverage of assets, um, verification of ability to pay, which means what laws in real life get applied over here because it wasn't, you know, nothing about the Constitution or the way, let's say, things like Dodd-Frank were written took into account a lot of the digital assets that are going to be available to us. Yeah. Well, I mean, with a, a lot of these coins anyways, you can see how much somebody holds with their public key. You yeah. know what I mean? We know, like, there's whale alerts when somebody's moving a large amount from one to another because it has to get written into the blockchain. Yeah. So you know when that money's moving. Was there a whale with, what is it, Solana? The Solana? Yeah. I don't know. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. I, I haven't seen we, I think anything we, on Solana in a while. We, we posted about it on Crypto Vibes. Oh, tight. Because okay. it was ran some news. But so financing, again, so many opportunities, but yeah. they do bleed that's, into real that's life. That's real interesting. Well, because what is it backed by? If it's backed by your digital assets, yeah. it now levels the playing field in such a way, yeah. like a crazy way that yeah. there can be new unions, institutions. I mean, there can be DAOs for fun. I mean, there's so many different iterations of how you could revisit how things could get financed. Yeah. Um, so jumping into creators as a subject within metaverse. Yeah. One of the biggest things that Web3 promises is, you know, the ability for the creators to own the relationship and monetize in, on their own rules, which yep. is true. I believe in that. The only problem is, and this I also believe with, the discovery engine is harder to replicate in Web3. For sure. So, so things like it's Spotify and Apple Podcasts from a podcaster standpoint. Yeah. Without those, how are you going to get discovered? You know, yeah. how are people going to find you? But those are centralized networks. So when it comes to creators in the metaverse, let's say as podcasters, there's still going to have to be a discovery mechanism. So are people going to ha hire marketing agencies the same way they do in real life in the metaverse? Yeah. You know, are there going to be things like street teams handing you shit out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know you can relate to what I'm talking about yep. with that. So when you think well, that's about... That a good portion of my life. Yeah. I led eight. I had a good time. You, you rode in a Hummer limo with a tub. With a hot tub, yeah. What, what was that? Was it for nine hundred two and O or Melrose Place? Or Melrose Place yeah. at that time, you know. So yeah, there was some. Yeah. We had a V, a Mini Cooper hot tub limo in New York. Oh what? Because it's New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Our boy Dustin ran that one. Wow. That we had an old school one in Philly. Yeah. This thing looks so ghetto, but it was awesome at the same time. Yeah. But anyways, as creators in the metaverse, there's yeah. also a lot of opportunity because. <laughs> you're going to want other people to possibly design it for you. Yeah. Because now developers can become designers. 
You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then there's those goods. And what if somebody was able to build certain things? So you'll never have to deal with Ikea and TaskRabbit again because you yeah. could just, you can build the Hodal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just At the click of a button. Figure out how to build it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Somebody will show you. Yeah. But there will be this in real life and virtual life added value. So if I was to acquire something, let's say from Ikea, and I wanted to place it in my metaverse home, I can do that now, you know? Mm-hmm. And while that sounds silly, yeah, it, it, it could sound silly to somebody. There's lots of implications of that same thought, transfer of ownership yeah, that can happen. And as a creator in that space, you think about your content in that same way. What is it about your content that you can now create added value in the metaverse? Yeah. Or vice versa. When people interact with you in the metaverse, how do they interact with you in real life? But now you can reach a bigger audience in a way that feels more tangible in the metaverse. Because you can do AMAs in a way where there's a much more physical presence. Yeah, I mean, yes, you can do them with I mean, video that, now. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but there's a again, it, the canvas is wide open for people to get hyper creative with how they deliver content, how they yeah. interact with other humans, and where does that content lead, and how how long does it lead? So, yeah. going back to a Ready Player One type analogy, the the creator of that world created an AI version of themselves that walked the main character through the game at certain touch points, you know, when he would complete certain challenges, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of it, when he won, Parsival, the character within the game, you know, won, he was greeted by the AI person of the creator who had already died. Yeah. So what if people... Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> but what if people, influential people, creators, created an AI version of themselves, and there would be tech behind that yeah. to interact with others in this space? Yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to have been able to have a conversation with Steve Jobs in that kind of way. Yeah. Because it is digital. There's no reason why Steve Jobs couldn't sit down with somebody for 15 minutes. Yeah. A million people at a time. Because in that sense that there's a million Steve Jobs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For sure. So, again, (laughs) I know this sounds, you know, futuristic, but it's here now. Yeah. The technology is there. The puzzle pieces are there. You just have to put them together. Mm-hmm. Takes real work, takes real money. But the thing of it is, why we're having this conversation? Why is it even relevant? Why is it not just, you know, science fiction theater? Yeah, is that companies are dumping millions, billions of dollars into creating these things? Yeah, right now, they weren't before. It, it hit the adoption level of this and the connection between the technology and the and use of it. Yeah, has never been as prevalent as it is today. Yeah. And again, the metaverse is going to allow if inflation continues and cost of living keeps going up, which history has shown, we don't ever really go back. We yeah. have crashes, but you know, a stick of chewing gum hasn't changed much yeah. in the last few decades, but the that, cost of it has. Did you see that meme that showed the Arizona iced tea going up to buck uh, 29? No. Oh, it's like they had two cans and it was like 99 cents for Arizona iced tea. You know, those big, yeah, yeah. icy, and then it said like a buck 29 and it said, Oh, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to put that meme in the show notes. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, it basically, it was like 99 cents for 20 plus years. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Maybe more. 
I mean, you think about the cost of water. Water is something that is going to be interesting in years to come. But can't get that in the metaverse. Uh Well, so again, I know we're diverting a little bit on the creator side of things, but there's going to be a whole new way for creators to engage, create more content, create more value. Mm -hmm. Because let's say you were an interior designer doing some sort of podcast about interior design or a home flipper. Yep. Well, in the metaverse, you now can have another way to engage with them and give them added value. Yeah. Into how that could be. You know what I mean? And now you're going to have showrooms of people in real life of being able just to take their phone, you know, just do the panoramic photo that you can with, let's say, an iPhone. Yep. They just load it in the metaverse, and all of a sudden, when people give you quotes, they're already dealing with your dimensions of your home. They're mm-hmm. already able to create real, I mean, there's already augmented reality versions of this. Yeah. But it's just going to become much more streamlined much more efficient, much more easy to use. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of things about it that are going to create more efficiencies in real life. So there, there's functionality here, not just yeah. vanity, even though if it, this was for something like that. But yeah. the metaverse has offers a lot of ways. I mean, it's the reason why people fly on simulators. Yeah. So many hours in a simulator till they go to a real craft. You know what I mean? So again, we're, we're at this interesting point in time where adoption and the technology are meeting up. Well, it's safer. In a yeah. simulator. So. Well, yeah, exactly my point. Yeah. And it isn't real, but it's still part of the curriculum of how you eventually graduate towards real things. Yeah. But that's what's going to happen for creators in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. So jumping into the final subject line of this particular episode, talking about the metaverse, you know, if you're listening this far, you're clearly interested. We broke them up into chapters. Yeah. But this one's kind of a fun one. It's an interesting one. Relationships in the metaverse. Yeah. When you think about marriage, people, I mean, we've already seen it. We've talked about it on Crypto people Vibes. Got, people got married in Second Life. Yeah. There's tons of stories about, you know, relationships starting there and then ending up in real life, you know? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to put that in the show notes. Link yeah. But where does the division of assets happen? Is it only in the metaverse where you're married? Are you going to have marriages in the metaverse and marriages in real life and they're separate? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it gets real interesting. Yeah. And do I have to marry my wife in the metaverse as well? Or will it can't uh, transfer over? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, there's all these different things. So I'm just so curious as to, do we have to get a second marriage license? Yeah. So again, that's also part of infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about all these little things that need to be done and all these little well, interactions, I, yeah, I think it depends on how much time you spend in the metaverse compared to in real life, because you might just get divorced in both. You know, what I mean? well, even in real life, like, how much do couples see each other? If yeah, yeah, both yeah. if both people are working, how much do you see each other? Yeah. I mean, how much do people play? That's why solitaire was such a big thing at, you know, a lot of corporate offices. Yeah. Because they could play solitaire and be at their job, quote unquote, right? Yep. Why couldn't they have been in a metaverse? So if you think about it, they could have spent more time with their significant other in the metaverse while they're at work. Yeah. Than with their uh, significant other in real life. Whether or not that was the same person. Yep. You know what I'm saying? No, for sure. I wonder if... Whatever your belief system is or whatever your structure is on far as relationships, if it almost feels like if you have a world to go that's that subscribes to every thought you had, right? Mm -hmm. Like in politics, we talk about Democrats and Republicans and liberals and all these things. And, you know, I'm of the opinion that 
Democrats and Republicans, it's not just black or white. There's so much more gray area. But in a metaverse world, what if there were worlds that just had the gray area that you subscribe to? Yeah. Like only the gray area you subscribe to. If you spend enough time in that world, what would it do to your mental psyche when you're in real life? Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people talk about things such as kids, you know, let's say being in the bathroom or even not just kids, but adults right now. They're in the bathroom. They might sit on the toilet for an hour now because they have their phone with them. Yeah. They might already have been done, but you know, they're on their phone, their device. They find that time is people leave them alone because it's kind of true, especially if you have kids and whatnot. The people mostly leave you alone while you're in the bathroom. Yeah. They there's sometimes <laughs> sometimes I have an open door policy at my house. So <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> just always like, what's up? But again, having said that, if yeah. you have there, there's these supposed cause and effects, but it's always been like that with any type of technology. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you think about it, as far as the transition from horses to automotive, yeah. you know, engine, well, I mean, combustible engine cars or whatever. Forum, forums are set up for like-minded individuals. So, yes. So now you have more of a visual manifestation of those very forums. Yeah. That's scary. It's it, Yeah, right? Yeah, that's so, where a lot of the hate breeds, man. I don't know. So are they going to create a way that they just are able to go play like a Street Fighter version to yeah. just hammer it out? No. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Are they, is it going to be like a Fortnite thing where it's like, we disagree, we really want to punch each other right now, so we will in a yeah. Fortnite environment? And does that de-stress them enough? Or does that make it escalate? You know, in real... Yeah. There's so much of our connection between our digital cells yeah. and our real cells. Without getting too hokey, the metaverse is going to call into question a lot of this. Is it going to become a stress reliever or is it going to create more issues? Hate and division? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm Be a cynic, so I'm thinking the latter. Well, because it, people talk about it in your feeds, right? Yeah. Let's say your Twitter feed. If you are always looking at certain content, that's the content that's going to be delivered to you. Yeah. Now, you're not going to see things outside of your content box if you're constantly scrolling or interacting with certain types of content. You know, like if you... Ha look up hashtags mental health or if you look up hashtags that are positive in nature mm -hmm. and you consistently do it you're going to see more positive things in your feed yeah you just sure. will yeah there's a lot of positive things out there but more of negative or con controversial things come through a lot of feeds because it's what we gravitate towards or what's yeah. being pushed towards us you know clickbait and certain headlines and the way they grab so in that same way to that point there is the real world you know, factor while you're in the metaverse interacting and relationships is one where there's a lot of opportunity to yeah. deliver something to make money, but there's also going to be an inherent need for a morality compass just so that we remain human yeah. in a digital space. You know what I mean? So yeah. even throughout all somebody this, somebody not named Mark Zuckerberg to <laughs> you, build you this throw thing. so much. I mean, well, he's an alien. He's not actually human. Oh, tell us what you really think. Oh, what? I don't know the man personally. I don't personally know the man either. He yeah. could be a sweetheart. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, there's a difference between... Aaron Sorkin writing movies about you, you know? Well, Aaron Sorkin did take liberties on that. Did he? Yeah. I mean, that's Probably not verbatim. Not. Probably not a lot, man. I don't know about the character development, but as yeah. far as the storyline. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, in that way, uh, we don't... Not enough people know where reality 
could start. Be a, could be a good dude. Fabrication ends. Well, I mean, there's also the division between what's said and the actions that have been done, right? Yeah. So it remains to be seen. It's kind of like in all more, more and more it's being asked just because it can be built. Should it be built? Yep. You know, it, it's a question. Yeah. But again, we're having to evolve how humans provide value to one another to make some sort of a, a living. Mm -hmm. So if humans are having to reinvent the ways that they're able to provide value to one another in order to, to accrue some sort of value so that they can buy the necessities and indulge in things that our consumer society seems to push super hard on. Yeah. It's like, what does that look like? Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Like there's certain jobs that are obsolete now. I mean, even in the tech space, I'm sure that there's people who still Not work the trash, with man. Lotus notes. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, it, but you know what I mean? So there's so much in the space that people don't necessarily have jobs for anymore. Yeah. So humans have to constantly reinvent their need of value. Yeah. You know what I mean? Social media managers weren't a thing a while back. Community managers were a different type of job. You know what I mean? Yep. And depending upon where you live, too. Um, it was exposed with my belief of Nielsen's inaccuracy to actually provide real data. Yeah, because they don't have every single town throughout America really performing who's watching what. You know what I mean? Because uh, it's just such a small sample size. Yeah, it's such yeah. a small sample size. You know, Netflix has more of an idea of what people are actually watching because they can look at every single account and IP address. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and their how data, long they watch and for what they what watch. Period. Yeah, and what they rewatch. You know, yep. based upon their location. That's why they do. 30 minute uh, stand up specials now. See, so yeah. these are not accidents. A lot of this yeah. data driven side of things. Cuz people turn it off after 30 minutes, so. But how much more data is going to be data is going to get even crazier with the metaverse. Yeah. Because you're going to be able to analyze so many things about the way humans interact with it because now a especially in the beginning, I'm of the opinion a lot of people's inhibitions are going to be removed. Because they're going to be able to act in a way that they, f they're, they're going to be able to act more on emotion than uh -huh. on logic. Okay. And if there's anything I believe is when you act on emotion, it, the result of it could be kind of nasty sometimes. Yeah. It could be rewarding. It makes you feel good. But, you know, what are the consequences in a metaverse? So, yeah. there's so many in real life problems we've, we've, we've always had to tackle that are going to have to be retackled in the metaverse in new ways. Yep. But at the heart of the metaverse too, it opens up a whole new way to generate opportunities. And there's going to be a lot there. So whether or not you're participating, whether or not you want to take the time to educate yourself, it's going to happen with or without you. Yeah. Cause there's enough people and money that are going towards creating it. It just is. I think that's a good place to end it. Don't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we have plenty of information in our show notes. Anything that we've cited or mentioned, you know, please find the links. Any questions, comments? Yeah, any questions, comments. We're open to Hit hearing people's up. take on it. Yeah. You know, it's... We're on the Twitter. On the Twitter. <laughs> on the line. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of that movie, The Internship. Yeah. When you say on the line, it cracks me up. So if you found value in this show, please share it with others. Who doesn't like to share value? 
And if you'd like to be notified when new episodes become available, please subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to. Or you can subscribe on our uh, website at cryptopodcast.xyz. It's beautiful. We send you an email with all the show notes in the email, ways to click through the link. Yeah. Just make it simpler for you. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, this recording space, uh, podcast studio is provided by ADU West Coast here in Seal Beach, California. They turn underutilized garage space and backyards into rental housing units. ADUs are accessory dwelling units. So if you want to yeah. make that extra income, just if Google you got that. a backyard. <laughs> and you can find them out at aduwestcoast.com. Or a side yard. Okay. You yeah. don't need much of a footprint. I think you can put yeah. like 199 square feet, 399 Ooh. square foot home. All right. Home. Airbnb that puppy. Hit them up. Or put a relative or a child that you want some more space from or maybe you want space from them <laughs> original music is provided by the celebrators you should check them out this show is produced by wizard cats and vocal visual <laughs> we appreciate you listening and yeah thank you have a good day